Well, hello there, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. How are you doing? Welcome back to the Heine House Gaming and Tech Podcast. So good to have you. I am your good friend, Jason Heine, hanging out with you for the next hour or so. It's uh, September 3rd, 2020, and I'm recording this episode uh, at just two minutes before the strike of 9 a.m., 8.58 a.m. in the morning. So good to have you. Uh, before we jump into the, the podcast episode, I want to talk about um, a life situation that I have recently come into, and I want to talk about it because it has um, it's it's important, and I think a lot of people go through something similar, some not as bad, and some more bad, and I think it's it's just great to talk about it and and open up and be completely transparent about a lot of things because that's kind of how I am. If you haven't noticed, uh, I'm very uh, I'm an open book. And very transparent with what's going on. And sometimes um, it's stuff like this. Uh, I have this spot on my nose. And and I, I post this on social media. I've talked about this on social media uh, a few days ago. So if you're on there, you may have seen my post. But uh, if you are if you just listen to the podcast, then we'll, we'll break it down here. Um, so I have this spot on my nose. You can see it here on camera a little bit. And it's thought it was a zit at first. It started to grow <laughs> or be there right around my birthday in July. And I was like, oh, maybe, maybe it's, I thought it was a bruise at first. Like, oh, I must have ran into something. I guess I bruised my nose. I had no idea because it looked kind of like a bruise. But in fact, it hasn't gone away and it's starting to get darker and starting to sort of like grow a little bit, like just expand a little bit. So I thought, you know what? Let's go into the doctor. Let's get this, let's get this looked at because I don't know what in the hell I'm looking at here. And I went into the doctor. I got in and uh, first things first, man, I, I pull my mask down. He instantly was like, oh, wow. Yeah, that is skin cancer. You absolutely have skin cancer on your nose. We need to get this taken care of uh, pronto. I'm like, okay, sounds good. Uh, you know, <laughs> so uh, you call someone in or what? I go, how do you do it? And so anyway, uh, he's, you know, we're, we're starting that process. Uh, I went in yesterday to go get a lab done, which basically they take my blood and they basically do a, um, they check my vitals and they go through everything to see, they kind of get a baseline of my health to see where I'm at. Because to get this re resolved here, um, I'm going to go to a surgeon because of where it's at on my nose. Uh, he's going to recommend me to go to a surgeon to where in case we need to do any sort of like uh, plastic surgery or whatnot. And I'm like, man, it doesn't look that big. I don't, I don't actually know that I'll need all that, you know, but again, I don't know what I'm looking at. So I don't know how deep it is or whatnot. These are all things I leave to the professionals and let them do their thing. Um, but bottom line is, is that I was told that I was very, very upset, very frustrated because I just know that this is just another thing, just another, another notch on the fucking plane um, that is going to be put on there. And again, it's another thing to where I don't, you know, Hey, you know, we, we talked about this at, that the, uh, last year when I, uh, had my fainting episode and I went into the ER and all that, you know, we talked about that and like, here's another thing to where it's going to be a very expensive ordeal. And, um, you know, I'm looking at what options I may have to, uh, help with anything like there, uh, for how much is it going to cost? It's just like, dude, I'm going to be spending my whole, whole entire life just paying back fucking medical bills. Uh, and it's, it's a really, it's a crying shame. But uh, reality is, is I got that news. I was very upset. I was very frustrated with that. And I, 
I was mad, man. I made a post and I was like, fuck this. You know, I got this shit on my nose and, you know, it's like wham, bam, you know. And I just kind of disconnected for a while. And this is all part of allowing yourself time to process things. I've said this, I've said this advice on the podcast many times. And in fact, I've said it to many friends and people who reach out that are going through something and they're, they're looking for uh, someone to be there for them. And I, and I always say this, and I say this because I'm taking my own advice and I did that today. In fact, I didn't want to record an, an episode today. I was so pissed. I was so upset uh, yesterday and the night before. Uh, but I've I've risen above that. And so here's here's the timeline for that. I said to myself, you know what? Fuck this. Like, give me time to process this. Let me, let me be upset. Let me be frustrated. Let me be depressed. Let me be mad about it. And I was, and I was very mad about it. We went in to get my blood drawn yesterday. And Steph was like, do you want me to go with you? And I was like, you know what? No, it's fine. I'll just go and fucking do this stupid shit. And we'll get this taken care of. And she's like, no, no, no I really want to go. And she wants to support me and be there for it. And she knows I don't like needles. All right, let's just call it what it is. I don't really like needles. Last time I saw needles in the ER, I fainted twice. You know what I mean? And I think that was many different reasons. But, you know, this is a professional, not a trainee who was fucking working on my arm. You know, long story. Anyway, yes, yes, you can come with me. Let's, let's do that. It's like, why am I fighting that? No, she wants to come with me. She's going to sacrifice her day uh, at work. She's going to take the day and come with me. All right, this is great. So she came with me. It was fine. We went in. I got my blood drawn. It was wonderful. There was no big issue there. You know, the, it was a professional doing it. She knew what she, exactly what she was doing. It wasn't a big deal. These are little small obstacles that like, you know, you have to overcome. You have to do this stuff. And so from that, from after I got that done, I just like tried to breathe and, and, and you know, put this all into perspective and just be like, you know what? It's not the end of the world. It's okay. You know, it could be worse. It always could be worse. There are people... There are people literally dying every single day to some type of cancer. Stephanie's mom included. She she passed away to cancer. Um, and it's just like one of these things to where it's like, okay, like we'll, we'll get through this. We'll we'll handle this. This is this is nothing in the grand scheme of things. For me, it's a bit scary. I've never had anything like it. Well, I mean, when I was young, I had a mole removed. And skin cancer does run in my family. So this is something that I'll have to deal with for the rest of my life on and off. Um, because they say, once you've had it, you'll have more and what, whatnot. So, hey. It is what it is. And we'll we'll deal with that. But my point in all this, folks, is that I went through the phases and I decided to take my own advice and say, you know what? Fuck that. I'm going to allow myself to have all these emotions. I'm going to allow myself to be upset, to be frustrated, to be depressed. And then I'm going to say, all right, I've been butthurt enough now. Fuck this. I'm rising above it. And that's what I did. I found the strength today after... After tuning in, I went back online. I looked at all of the amazing support and love and support that people have been giving on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And they've been just writing to me and the DMs and the text messages and uh, even phone calls from people. They've been calling me. And I said, you know what? What the fuck? You know, this, this honestly, this is this is ridiculous. I, 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 this is, we can do this. This is great. You know, like I, the support has, as, as really just, it drove right through me and I felt the love, I felt the warmth. And so I responded to every single person that wrote to me, thanking, excuse me, thanking them, telling them how much I appreciate them, how much I love them. And that it's all, everything's going to be totally cool. And I did that. And I even filmed a Facebook live on the way home, talking to everyone and just saying how much I appreciate them. And like, you know, we're rising above this shit and it's great. 
It's great. So like when, when you go through stuff, man, let the emotion go through you. Let that emotion happen. It is natural. It is normal. And although maybe some people will come to you and say, you like, uh, you know, you really just need to, you know, move on. Like just, just, you know, put that emotion aside. Like, come on, like, right. Come on, you know, stop it. Stop it. Like, don't ever let people suppress your feelings that you have especially when you're going through something, let those feelings happen. I have a very non-traditional way of doing this. And maybe, maybe it's right. Maybe it's wrong. I don't really know. All I know is it works for me and I keep saying it in hopes that maybe it will work for you. If you're going through something, let the emotions happen. Let that flow through you. Go through it. You know what? If you want to feel like a piece of shit for a day, then you feel like a piece of shit for a day. There is nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with you having that feeling. You want to be depressed? You want to mope around all day and not do shit? You want to lay around in your pajamas and feel like a, a piece of shit? You want to be butthurt all day? Then do it. Let that happen. That's okay. That's all part of the healing process. That's all part of the finding the strength process. And it's okay. It's totally okay because you know what? You go through those. You'll feel a certain way. You'll go through that. And it allows you to process what's happening. Once you're done processing, then you're going to get in there and you're going to pick yourself back up and you're going to rise above it. That's how it works. That's how you get it done. That's what we all do because we're not going to sit here all fucking day and just be just down all day, every day, every month, every year, all the time. Not going to happen. That's not how we're going to do it. We're not living that way. We sure can, but we're not going to. I'm telling you, not happening. If you need someone there for you, I'm here for you. I want to always be here for you. I've spent my entire life, my online life, 10 years building community, wanting to build community, emphasizing community. Whether people want to come out here and break out of their shell and engage with me or not, that's up to you. But I'm telling you, I'm here. I'm ready to do so. And the whole community that's around the Heine house, we all got your back. That's just the reality of it. And I sit here with fucking cancer on my nose. I'm going to have to go in and get this fucking shit shaved off. They're telling me I might have to have plastic surgery on my nose. I'm like, fuck that. Okay, do what you need to do. I don't really care. Stephanie made a great joke. She goes, you know what? I didn't fall in love with you for your looks. <laughs> I love that woman. You know what? And that's just the reality of it. It's like, all right, if I don't have a fucking nose, then she's still going to love me. She was joking, of course. Well, I mean, maybe a little bit. I mean, I'm not the most, I'm not the best looking guy you've ever seen. I know that. But uh, reality is that I got a pretty decent personality and that's what she loves. That's what her point was. So folks, anyway, I'm going to, I'm going to cut there. I'm feeling good. I don't really give a shit about what's going to happen with this. We're going to take care of it. It's going to be okay. We're going to move forward and be stronger for it. Okay. That's what we're going to do. Let's jump into the podcast, gaming and tech. Heinehouse.com is the website. 503-908-5490. If you want to call me, maybe you want to talk about that. Maybe, you, maybe you've had, have you, have you had skin cancer? Have you had some sort of cancer? Have you fought and overcome cancer? Would love to hear it. Love to hear it. 503-908-5490. You can call and leave a voicemail or record yourself on your phone and email it over to HeineHouseLive at gmail.com. You know what? I don't even... Fuck. I mean, I got big news with Mario. It's basically blowing up my feed right now. Should we just go right into it real quick and talk about it? Let Let me see here. Mario, there's... Fucking... It was on the way home. In fact, I was driving home and people were like like sending shit over to me like it's happening it's happening so mario this marks the 35th anniversary of super mario bros yes and i was saying this the other day because we have the 30th we have a, a super mario 30th poster in the room that gamestop gave us because they 
Steph pre-ordered a fucking Amoeba and we went to pick it up and they had already sold it to somebody and they felt really bad or whatever. I'm like, okay, how do you feel bad for doing something you knew you did was fucking wrong? Anyway, so they're like, listen, do you want, we'll give you, uh, we'll give you this poster. They went over to the display and they took the poster off the wall and it's this like banner. It's a banner of Super Mario's 30th anniversary and it has like the timeline. It's really cool. It's right in the other room. I should show you guys. It's really cool. So they gave us that for free and they're like, we're really sorry. And we're like, okay, no big deal. You know, you know, she was, she was upset because it's fucking horseshit that they do that. But uh, anyway, uh, total, total rant there. Super Mario 35th anniversary. We are getting Super Mario All-Stars 3D. Super Mario All-Stars 3D. You can't see that, but here it is. So you're going to be able to play Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Galaxy. That's fucking awesome, folks. That's awesome. And what they say? September. Shit, when is it? September. I just saw this. Uh, let me scroll down. They have all this advertisement here. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Uh, I don't know. End of September doesn't show. I don't know. I don't see it. End of September. Coming very, very soon. Coming real soon. Real soon. Uh, cannot wait. Oh, here, check out the game. Let's go here real quick. History of Mario. Okay, no, this is not it. But anyway, it's coming this month. So, yeah, I wanted to just say that. That is breaking news. That's, that's happening right now as we sit here. Like, that news just broke. I think Nintendo posted that two hours ago. And uh, pretty cool. So, pre-orders are go uh, pre -orders for digital are on sale on their site right now. Maybe even in the e-store if you go to your Switch. And then... um. Uh, the physical copies will be like in stores. So I don't know. Are they going to be limited? Oh, they're probably going to be limited. So you're going to want to try to get on that as soon as possible. Um, so yeah. So yeah, cool. Cool stuff. Um, Master P. You guys know Master P? I, I don't know. Maybe maybe not. The Atlanta rapper, entrepreneur. He's been in the game a long, long time. But Master P. Make him say, uh, na 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 I grew up listening to that shit. I have so many Master P CDs. I, I, I believe the hype. I went into it. I bought every No Limit CD. I probably own 30 No Limit albums on CD. Uh, you wouldn't know, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge Master P fan. Um, anyway, he's introducing a, a brand new black-owned food brand to replace Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben's that are going away. Masterpiece has launched a line of Uncle P. It's called Uncle P Food Products to offer customers a black-owned alternative to brands that use black names and imagery but do not often give back to the black communities. This is fantastic. Listen to this stuff. Um, Atlanta, the South, New Orleans, he's he is like the man down there for this. In fact, Master P saved Snoop Dogg back in the days. You can look it up on YouTube. He's talked about it many, many times. When Snoop Dogg had a record, he was going to put together a whole album called Fuck Death Row. And he was going to go in on, on the whole like split with Death Row and all that shit. And Master P was like, no, 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 no. Hold on. Come in. Come in here. And it was like, no, don't do that. You'll never see that album. You'll never live to see that album. And offered him a deal and got him out of there and, and swooped him up and got him into a house and took care of him, put him under the No Limit umbrella and really saved him. And that's why we started to get Snoop Dogg out, out records on No Limit back in the 90s, mid-90s is because, or I guess it's late 90s, that was 97, 98. And that's why uh, Snoop Dogg was releasing music on No Limit is because Master P, the fucking colonel, saved him. Really cool stuff. I do go, I do, I don't dive into a lot of hip hop on here because I don't know if that's really a you know, the, the bag here, but, um, I do, I do love hip hop grew up on it. So we can talk about it sometime if you want. Um, anyway, so this is great. 
His new line of Uncle P's Louisiana seasoned food products include rice, beans, grits, pancake mix, syrup, and oatmeal. A portion of the profits will go towards uh, the inner city, uh, educating inner city kids and assisting the elderly. Uh, they're doing this specifically in the black communities all across the United States. He says here, when you look at Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben, a lot of those products are mockeries of African-American people who couldn't even feed their communities. With Uncle P, the more we make, the more we give. And the only way that we can give back like this is owning these products, Master P has gone to say. So he owns the products. He can choose and do whatever he wants with the profits, and that's what he's doing. It's so fantastic. He also says that he's going to create, he's aiming to create more jobs and opportunities with upward mobility for black people. Uh, he also says that he wants to use a portion of the profits to develop real estate in black neighborhoods. This is amazing. Uh, I actually have a picture of the stuff right there. Check it out. Uncle P. So cool. He's the fucking man. I, he's the fucking man. I love it. I, I absolutely support that. So cool. Speaking of food, <laughs> uh, now into something else. Uh, a, a woman on TikTok revealed she had a 24-year-old, you think I'm going to say child? Nope. 24-year-old McDonald's burger and fries that still looks good as new. I feel like every year we have an article like this that comes through. Every year someone comes through and says something like, Oh, I found a burger that's this old. It's 10 years old, whatever. I think last year it was one from 1999. Well, this one's four years older than that. 24 years old. She bought the meal in 1996 and kept it in, an, in its original packing, which featured an advertisement for a NASCAR race. <sighs> oh my goodness, that's insane. The fries look like they maybe could have fallen under your seat for a month or so. And the burger looks completely intact, not rotten at all. Uh, the woman posted this on TikTok, so we have some screenshots from TikTok. Um, McDonald's eventually released a statement explaining that despite the, the unchanged appearance, the burger, quote, had definitely undergone some changes. In the right environment, our burgers, like most other foods, could decompose. Ann Christensen, director of field brand reputation for McDonald's. I bet she has a busy-ass job. But in order to decompose, you need certain conditions, specifically moisture, she says. Moisture. Here's a picture. We got some screen caps. So there's the burger. Looks completely fucking legit. And there are the fries. It looks like, um, it looks like, um, oh, look at the cool packaging, too. The old bags. Oh, that's really cool. Fuck. Can we go back to those? That's amazing. Um, those fries look like, um, like seasoned fries, right? Like dark seasoned fries. Very, very cool. I mean, you know, I thought it was just a funny article. We always talk about Maccas. We always talk about food. How about that? That was some random ass news. Yeah, baby. <clears throat> talk about some gaming news. Jump right into it. Sony wants to bring more first party games to PC. This is an article that broke this week. You may have read it. Sony has said in a 2020 corporate report that it plans to bring more first party games to PC in the future. And pissing off every Sony PlayStation fan out there for whatever reason. It's about the exclusives. I know. I know it's about the exclusives. Sony fans are like, wait, you don't know why it's about the exclusives. I get it. Um, we will, they say, quote, we will explore expanding our first party titles to the PC platform. 
says the report. Uh, quote, in order to promote further growth in our profitability, the decision to bring more Sony in-house catalog games to the PC is cited as a key strategic point to the coming direction of the game and network service divisions within Sony. In short, Sony wants to bring more games to the PC because that's where a certain segment of game buying audience is, and they're presumably thinking that they'll stay there. So let's think about this for a second. Sony wants to bring their first party, completely first party owned titles to the PC, to Windows platform. I'm just breaking this down. They want to do this because they feel that if you are a hardcore PC gamer, you will stay there as a hardcore PC gamer. And you may eventually maybe get a PlayStation 5 down the road or a PlayStation 4 when it goes on. But that's not your primary source of gaming. It's on PC. They're presuming you'll stay there. And that you will not rush out to buy a PS5 for that next first party game. Specifically for that. And you know what, folks? I got to agree. I agree completely with them. If if there is something that is dire, so dire, like I have to play it or I'm going to uh, not ever play another game again, then I would go out and buy a PS5 for that exclusive game. But I am not that gamer. I will wait. I will wait straight up. If my primary system is PC, which I would argue that it is, I would, I'm going to stay on that. And if Sony wants to bring some of its first party games over to PC, then guess what? I'm buying them. I'm buying them. And I'm going to give them my money. Money that they would have never got in the first place because I'm not buying a PS5 for that exclusive game just yet. Maybe down the road, but not right away. And if it's a matter of just putting blood, sweat, and energy and time and money, I guess, into developing it to port it to PC, to generating that revenue, again, they're saying it's revenue stream. That makes complete sense to me. Complete sense. Hey, everyone, uh, we're going to port, we're going to port fucking Twisted Metal, uh, not only to PS5, and I mean, they didn't announce Twisted Metal, I'm just making up a name, but holy shit, can we get another Twisted Metal, please? We're going to port Twisted Metal not only to, you know, the PS5, but we're going to port it to fucking PC with online support. You bet your ass I'm on that. You bet your ass I'm on that. So this makes a lot of sense to me, to be honest. Does that not make sense to you? I think I think it does. I, I think it's really, really fantastic. So yeah, I'm all for it. I'm really all for it. I also feel like this is smart. You know why Sony is also looking at doing this? Do you think it's a coincidence, folks? Do you think it's really a coincidence that they're looking at doing this right now at this current time? Um, hello, Xbox Game Pass. One of the greatest fucking things to happen for gamers who play both on Xbox and PC. If you have Xbox Game Pass, you can play both. You can go both ways. It's fantastic. It's great. I think this Xbox Game Pass subscription is fantastic. And when I get a Series X down the road, not at launch, but down the road, then I'll be able to play it on there too. We'll have the games just go back and forth. It's fucking great. Just great. I absolutely love it. Love it. Uh, Fall Guys, you guys know this very, very popular game, Fall Guys. Uh, well, cheaters have found a loophole. Well, they did find a loophole till they just patched, well, not patched it out, but Valve has jumped in to help with this. Fall Guys, if you're playing that, players have been using a loophole in Steam's family sharing feature to get around cheat 
detection bans. The Fall Guys Twitter account says it has turned off family sharing on Steam until it finds a solution for this, which Valve, they're working directly with Valve, and they Valve has already said, we have a solution for this. We're implementing it now. So it's coming, it's coming to be. Um, but before the loophole was closed, let me tell you what they were doing. Steam players were able to buy Fall Guys on a primary account and then share that game with a newly created burner account they've created. And then using Steam's long standard family sharing program, which allows you to share games and play games from other computers within a family uh, network that you set up. But what they were doing is they were using these created burner accounts to then install cheats and then fucking cheat in Fall Guys. Don't get me don't get me upset too late. Then when that burner account was banned for cheating after it was detected, the process could be repeated as many times as they wanted because there is no way for them to detect the uh, original account because that original steam account wasn't cheating it was the burner account attached to it the loss of this family sharing will surely impact many fall guys players who are using the feature as intended primarily people with fucking families people who are playing it legitly who have no interest in cheating of course but valve has confirmed that a more targeted solution is on the way it's in the work. Steam provides, listen to this. Here's here's the kicker. This is what I love. This is the best part of the article. Steam provides APIs to get the original leader's account. And they can ban this, they can ban that account instead. Valve Director of Marketing, Doug Lombardi, said Valve's own anti-cheat system also applies family sharing game bans across the player account. And the actual owner of the game, according to the Steam documentation will also be banned. Good. You know what? Steph also, Steph helps me write these articles. She puts together a lot of the articles and I skim through them and put stuff together. She sent me over like three or four and I, I don't I don't even talk about them anymore because they're so, they're so fucking frequent and they upset me so much. Even just this last week, a, a twi another Twitch streamer who was playing fucking Warzone had was talking was talking about how great he is and how his aim is so good and his recoil is so fantastic and he's just gloating about how amazing he is at, at Warzone. Come to find out, his fucking hacks were were on his screen. He didn't even know it, and there, people were seeing the hacks on his screen. This happens all the time. I don't actually have any sympathy for people who cheat and hack and ruin online multiplayer gaming for people in the modern day. I have no. No sympathy, no remorse. Ban their accounts, ban their IPs, shut them the fuck down. You know what? Matter of fact, take their computers and throw it out the fucking window. Because I don't really have, I don't really have the the tolerance. I don't really have the patience for somebody that comes in and ruins someone's online multiplayer session with cheating and using this bullshit because they are fucking shitty at the game. They are terrible at the game and they can't figure it out and they have no means to try to better themselves and get better at a game. Guess what, folks? Learn a fucking skill and figure it out. That is how you do shit. Thank you. I rest my case. Ban every fucking Fall Guys account that uses hacks. Ban them all. They all should be banned. Tune in next week. I'll tell you how I really fucking feel. Get some help. 
And what else is Sony doing with this pre-orders on the PS5? You heard about this? Pre-orders on the PS5? Man, Sony, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm actually not trying to talk shit about Sony at all. I fucking love Sony. Um, but they're doing, if you want to pre-order a PS5, you have to sign up for it. And then that gets you on a list where you could potentially get an email that then activates your ability to go in and pre-order a PS5. But act fast because that pre-order link that they send you is limited and will expire. Maybe we ought to just maybe we ought to just relax for a second and process that whole thing. If you're one of the lucky ones selected after you sign up for it, you have quote based on previous interest and PlayStation activities. That's the criteria for them sending you a code. You may get an email invite allowing you to order one console as well as a few a few accessories if you choose to. According to Sony's FAQ, the pre-order reservations are limited to one console, regular or all digital edition, per PSN ID. You'll also want to move fast because the invite in your inbox is limited, but also in limited time. It will expire. Of course, there's no release date or price reveal yet either. That's actually kind of nuts to me. Are they like, I was, uh, my, uh, here's, here's the argument. Are they judging interest so that they know? Wait a minute. How can they judge interest if it's limited to begin with and that only an X amount? They are in control of how many are sent out. So no, they're not generating. They're not trying to figure out interest of how many people are going to want one. That's crazy. And maybe it's just a perk. Maybe it's just like a limited thing. Like, oh, I got one. I got one. Fuck. Check eBay. Watch those accounts get banned too. You can't sell a fucking pre-order on eBay anymore. You can't do that. You have to have a tangible thing, I believe. <sighs> insane. Just insane stuff, folks, man. What is happening with the world? That was some gaming news. Are you ready for some tech? Yeah, I know you are, big baby. Talked about this last time, maybe the episode before that, but Apple has terminated Epic's App Store account following the legal dispute between them two. Before when we talked about this, it was just that they had removed Fortnite. Apple has now gone in and actually removed their fucking account. Ah, the Apple and Epic app battle. Um, Apple's official response, quote, we, we are disappointed that we have had to terminate the Epic Games account on the App Store. We have worked with the team at Epic Games for many years on their launches and releases. The court recommended that Epic comply with the App Store guidelines while their case moves forward. Guidelines they followed for the past decade until they created this situation. Epic has refused Instead, they repeatedly submit Fortnite updates designed to violate the guidelines of the App Store. This is not fair to all other developers on the App Store and is putting customers in the middle of their fight. We hope that we can work together again in the future, but unfortunately, that is not possible today. That's what they said. And again, this was all because uh, they got around the uh, Apple, Apple tax. They created in-game currency and allowed you to purchase that in-game currency on their website, which then eliminated um, the in-app purchases that Apple gets a portion of. And there are rules against that. And uh, so you could go buy your currency on their website, log into your app, and then use that to spend in the uh, Fortnite game on the app, on the phone. 
And uh, yeah, it's been a huge thing. Well, that's the big news is that they deleted their fucking account on the App Store. Crazy stuff. That's actually really, really big news. Crazy. Let's go make some crazy, buddy. Uh, speaking of Apple, well, they're going to have to pay out a little bit of money now. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to like talk negative about Beats, the brand Beats, <clears throat> but you have to understand something. The brand, if you have this stuff, great, good for you. There's nothing, there's nothing necessarily wrong with anything. In fact, it's pretty decent quality. It's pretty good quality. I will say that you are also paying for the Apple tax. You're paying for the Dr. Dre tax and you're paying for the, I, I say monster tax because the brand monster, which have been around forever making audio components and cables. Originally, I have to look at the history. Maybe they, I'm not sure if they still make, they actually make the beat stuff now or, or they used to when it first came out. The brand monster makes uh, uh, beats products and monster is always like they've always been overpriced always been expensive in the hi-fi home audio uh, audio video theater world car audio they've always been super expensive i mean i've used monster cables for years and i'll be honest with you sometimes just getting a good pair of quality shielded cheapy cables works equally as good as the the four to five times monster cable it's just the reality of it some kind and sometimes they're not even they're not even better quality it's just the way it is but was, I'm running on a tangent here because the beat stuff, because I know a lot of people have it. I know it's very popular, but the reality is, is I don't think it's any better than some of the other products that are half the price in the world here. So you have to take that in consideration. And to be honest, dude, when I was in like, look, man, when I was in audio engineering school, we were, we were having classes about all the sort of thing, like the beat stuff, the, uh, you know it's really the laughing stock, man. Like it's, it's not that it's bad stuff. It's just that it's overpriced and you pay a lot and you don't get anything better out of it. You get the name and Hey, look, I used to be that kid back in the school. I used to want Tommy Hilfiger and Nautica and, and, you know, Polo Sport. And I wanted the name brand shit. You know what? Did it matter? Absolutely not. It just, cause I was trying to fit in and feel like I was cool. But it did absolutely nothing. I'd go pay $80 for a t-shirt that says Tommy Hilfiger. Who the fuck is Tommy Hilfiger? I don't even know who he is, but I'm wearing the shit and I paid 80 bucks for the t-shirt when I could literally go to Walmart and buy a fucking Star Wars shirt for $8 and I feel totally fucking fine in that. But again, we were teenagers and we were young. That's just how it was. Anyway, getting off on a side tangent, this whole thing, this whole rant about <laughs> Beats and, and, and Apple and Monster is because there was a lawsuit and Apple is deciding to just pay out on the lawsuit because it's cheaper that way than do the whole litigation and go through the whole process. 9.75 million, 9.75 million, mind you. Lawsuit called the wireless earbuds shoddy. If you are a U.S. resident who bought a pair of wireless Powerbeats 2 earbuds before August 7th, then you could soon get a payout over the alleged defective device. Mac rumors reported this. Apple has agreed to pay $9.75 million after it was accused of falsely advertising these so-called shoddy earbuds as they, quote, sweat and water resistant with, and quote, built to endure. However, plaintiffs say that these claims weren't true and that the earbuds would stop holding their charge after minimal use. Although Apple has agreed to settle, it hasn't admitted to doing anything wrong. Well, of course it wouldn't. The legal filing notes that the company decided that selling 
settling was cheaper than the expensive uh, trial and litigation, all that sort of thing. So although the original lawsuit filing claims Apple's 2016 Powerbeats 3 headphones were also defective, the settlement only mentions the Powerbeats 2, which were first released in 2014. You have to submit a claim if you're an owner, owner of these, and you can do so by filling it out on the lawyer's website by November 20th. I don't have the link. Just go look online, uh, Apple, Powerbeats 2, lawsuit, and you'll find the link. Crazy. So there you go. They say you can get anywhere between like uh, upwards of like 190 bucks. I think the article said, which is pretty cool. But you have to understand something, how this works. Bro, the same shit happened with Red Bull. Remember when Red Bulls like five, six, seven years ago, whenever it was, and they got sued because people were like, well, you said it gives you wings. And I drank it, but I didn't get any wings. Yeah, this is a real fucking, this is real. Look it up. It's real. People bitched and they fucking lost. They lost. Red Bull lost that. So people were like, yeah, you said it gives us wings, but I drink it. I don't have wings. I don't fly. And they're like, oh, you got to be fucking kidding me. So remember, they wrote to all of us and they're like, look, have you ever purchased a can of Red Bull? If you have, sign here. And we all signed it. And like six months later, uh, a four pack of Red Bull shows up at our door. Like that was the payout. They're like, we'll send you a fucking case of Red Bull, a four pack of Red Bull. There you go. Happy days. You're not going to get wings. And they remove that off of their slogan. It's really funny, man. People are doing all kinds of shit, right? <laughs> um, there are, I think there's maybe around a hundred or so, I think is what the article was talking about around a hundred or so companies worldwide that are attempting to develop a real flying car. Yeah. Some real Jetsons type shit. Well, we haven't really seen that yet. And I think there's a lot of loopholes or not loopholes, but there's a lot of obstacles in the way to get a, a real flying car on the road in the sky. Uh, on the road? I don't know what works in this situation. But Japan's SkyDrive Incorporated has carried out a successful, though modest, test flight of a one-person aboard flight. In a video shown, I don't have the video, but I have a picture. They did have a video of this showing that this contraption looks kind of like a slick motorcycle with four propellers all around it, lifted off the ground, and then hovered for about four minutes. It kind of drove around a little bit, moved around a little bit. But uh, yeah, it actually did a test flight and showed a bunch of people. The flying car can be made into a real-life product by 2023, SkyDrive says. But they also acknowledge that making a, making a safe flying car was critical. Um, had one person aboard. Uh, they told the Associated Press, I hope that many people will want to ride it and feel safe riding it. I have a picture of it. It looks really, really cool, to be honest. Check it out. Really cool looking car. SkyDrive. Look it up. Go to YouTube and type in SkyDrive and uh, you'll be able to see this video in action. You see they have this like enclosed area where it was flying around and it's super cool. And first of all, it looks amazing. Like I would fucking rock one of those things. Looks so cool. Very, very nice. SkyDrive. Very, very cool. Uh, Western Digital, what are they trying to do? They want you to rent your hard drive. Wait, what? Tech Radar accidentally stumbled across a seemingly new service from Western Digital while poking around their site. It's called Monthly Subscription Program. <laughs> Described as an exclusive. Uh, described as an exclusive scheme 
only available through Western Digital. For, quote, for a low monthly price, you can keep your files and data stored on our drives in the cloud. And you can choose the type of drive that you want. Upgrade your storage whenever you want. That's what, how the website reads. Sounds pretty good, right? Sounds like cloud storage. Okay. I like the idea. Let's talk about it. I have Google Drive. It's slow as fuck, but I have it. It's cheap. It's affordable. I used to have Dropbox. Fucking love Dropbox, but they're very expensive. But they were fast and quick, and it's very easy to use. They have a great app. I fucking love Dropbox. All right, Western Digital. I love WD. I've had their drives for years. Let's talk. Company offers three drives on a subscription basis, a one terabyte smart photo manager, a four terabyte, and an eight terabyte MyCloud home personal storage devices. So you can uh, pick between that, a one, four, or eight terabyte. Monthly fees are $599, $999, or $1799, respectively. Alternatively, you can buy the three storage solutions, essentially the external hard drives is what they are. You can buy those outright, of course, for $100, $180, or $280, all right? Now, diving in, they looked at the small print, and it's starting to make it look a little less appealing. Since uh, since you're essentially loaning the drive, your credit worthiness will be evaluated. Because you're renting something. They're looking at this as a rental. That's the difference. It's a rental. So as such, they actually pull your fucking credit report. You could get a ding on your credit report for this. Think about that. Do you really want a ding on your credit report for renting a fucking one terabyte drive from Western Digital? No way. Get out of here. In other words, yeah, they might check your credit. Yeah, crazy. Oh. And another thing here, too. Make sure you don't use this drive to store Quote, live performance recordings made without the consent of the performers or obscure, it says, or obscure material like adult films, movies, etc. Both forbidden as per the terms of use. So no live music, no, you can't store your porn library there. I mean, I'm out of here then. I will never use that. I'm just kidding. But think about that. Think about that. They're trying to navigate this new cloud world, right? This new digital cloud-based world. And yeah, that's not going to fly. I mean, that's just not going to fly. They got to fix that. That's just, it's not ready yet. First of all, you you lost me at, at a ding on my credit report. You fucking lost me there. Dude, I can log in now on my app on my phone and I can look up Experian. I can look up TransUnion. I can look up my credit report right now and tell you that what exactly it is. And it does not affect any of my, my, I won't get a ding on that. All right. I mon- I monitor my credit every day because I've been working on rebuilding it. So yeah, that's fucking nuts, man. That's nuts. I would not want that. Then you can't store music or porn on it. I mean, we got a problem <laughs> folks. That is tech. And you know what time it is. got voicemail 503-908-5490 is the phone number i would love to hear from you You got something you want to talk about something you want to say 
maybe something on the show on maybe on a past show. You want to follow up and talk about stuff. I'd love to hear from you. 503-908-5490. Or if you don't want to do that, if you're outside of the U.S. and it's long distance, you can just record yourself on your device. Record yourself on your smartphone, tablet, computer, whatever. Talkboy, Walkman, Dixie Cup with string. Record yourself and email it on over to HeineHouseLive at gmail.com. HeineHouseLive at gmail.com. Let's hop onto the phone lines. What's up, Jason? This is uh, the Voice Now Maniac here. Mr. Um, Cameron. I apologize for my voice. I have a little bit of a cold. And uh, just wanted to make a quick comment. I will not run over the three-minute mark <laughs> this time. <laughs> That's my goal, at least. So you're talking about the new Switch. Um, I was sort of brainstorming it. What would be like the most fair to the people that have already purchased the Switch? They've made so many of them. And then also kind of incentivized either you upgrading um and uh <clears throat> kind of making a, a possible upgrade for the people that already have one so this is my i think this would kind of work for everybody so the main thing they need to do is of course fix the joy cons uh, i of course agree 100 percent. i even think the uh the button placement on the right joy con my my thumb is always hitting either the when i'm just trying to hit, hit the buttons it always ends up hitting the joy con or vice versa they're just and small I, I right have, you know i guess long fingers but they're not like hugely fat or anything or wide i should say big long ones <laughs> so that can be approved upon and the cool thing is if they keep the same form factor and size etc they could make the uh those joy cons could be compatible with the original switch that way you could okay well you don't want to buy a new one you can just get some new joy cons um and then they would have all the upgrades and you know no drift etc maybe a better a better sticks you know all that all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. so. for sure yeah and then to incentivize for you know people to actually purchase a new switch, make it a, a little bit more, more powerful. I'd probably say, I don't know, the screen size is probably, you know, I don't know, I don't think they, should, they wouldn't necessarily make it a bigger screen. It's already kind of big. Um, it's, you know, very much borderline even being, being able to be a handheld. I guess it's more kind of like a, I don't know, you, you, just, you can't just carry it in your pocket or anything. Not that people would do that kind of stuff anymore, I suppose. But um, <clears throat> anyway, so yeah, I think that might be a good uh, middle ground. So, New Joy-Con technology, um, new Joy-Cons that you can, you know, are retro. You can use them in the, uh, the original Switch. Um, and then also more powerful CPU or something in the Switch. That way, you know, you can play games, things that were probably harder to run. Um, and, you know, maybe not a huge improvement because you don't want to, you know, like I said, they've sold so many already. <laughs> yeah, so, right. Anyway, lastly, uh, back to glasses. Do you remember uh, when they had... When you were a kid going into glasses place, they had like Nintendo or Mario branded glasses. I do. I distinctly remember that wanting them, and my mom was like, "You're not getting those. Those are like gimmicky." So, didn't get those. I'm probably okay with it. But uh. <laughs> anyway, guys, hope you guys are safe, healthy, etc. And uh, very proud of myself. Didn't go over. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> yeah, with eight eight seconds to spare, you're the man, Cameron. Appreciate that. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Uh, with you completely on the uh, the switch stuff, so I'm glad we're on the same page there. Yeah, they need to fix the Joy Cons, fix the joystick. I mean, they can't really make them any bigger, can they? I mean, they can't really. I mean, maybe, maybe they do a little bit bigger ones. I don't know. I don't think they're going to, but yeah, I agree. I mean, they're just small controllers in general, so yeah, that's just kind of what we have to live with. But yeah, dude, I I absolutely remember those glasses. Now I wasn't wearing glasses at the time. My older brother was. 
And I feel like maybe he even had a pair. I don't know. I'd have to ask him. I'd have to ask him again. But yeah, for sure. You know what's funny? Actually, my grandmother had a pair, I think. But she like took the lenses out and just wore them like as fashion. My grandma was so cool. She was so cool. She always had these really cool like plastic bracelets on and they're always jangling around. And she had these cool glasses and, and all this cool stuff. In fact, she got like Mario stickers and put them like on the garage and stuff. It was really, really cool. I remember so many, so many great memories with that. Very, very cool. Um, yeah, yeah, totally cool. Cameron, I appreciate the call. I see that there might be, is this another one? Hold on. I'm playing this one. Is this, is this a follow-up around two? A two-parter? All right. So, you know, they, won't, they don't call me the maniac for just leaving one message. That is. Two or three. That's right. With mistakes and pizza, delivery calls, et cetera, in between. Oh, uh, you're good. So I'm calling back because I just happened to, to see. Um, I was just kind of looking at some prices of games just for my amusement. <clears throat> and, man, I don't know if this is across the board or certain consoles, but Sega CD stuff has just gone absolutely crazy in the past, I'd say, I don't know, six months. Oh, wow. So, like, there, there were games that I purchased, <clears throat> you know, about, I don't know, we'll say, yeah, six, eight months ago. They're now three times what I purchased. Before. Oh, Jesus. It's just crazy, man. Wow. Curious if you've seen that in other consoles or other retro consoles. Absolutely. Um, all right, that's it. See you next time. 100%. 100%. That's crazy about Sega CD. That's one that I wouldn't have guessed uh, well, I mean, I would have guessed, but not right now. I think that's a really interesting one to have spike right now. This is something I've actually, this is a great conversation. I've been saying this for years. And in fact, back even when I was on all gen gamers, I would, I would, we would talk about this and I would say, look folks, we would predict it. And sure enough, man, it would happen. I remember when was it? It was 20, 2011, 2012. We were at Portland retro gaming expo. And I remember our podcast episode before I was talking, I said, folks, and we would talk about what would be good to collect right now. Like, what's what should you collect right now at this month, this year? And at the time, I was like, folks, go out there, get yourself PS2 games, and get yourself Game Boy Advance games. Right now, people are unloading Game Boy Advance. Nobody wants Game Boy Advance for whatever reason. And I remember going, there's a picture. I'll have to find it. Steph took it. We were at Portland Retro Gaming Expo, and there was a bin, a garbage, well, not a garbage bin. It was like a Rubbermaid Rubbermaid like blue bin and it was just full literally probably two three thousand Game Boy Advance games just dumped in there all just scattered and I'm in there like digging through picking out games 50 cents 75 cents a dollar and I just was cleaning up dude and they were they were not like not like Donkey Kong Country or Castlevania but they were like pretty good games pretty good games and uh, yeah man like at that time, you could do that. And like now, go look at Game Boy Advance games. I mean, that they spiked maybe, f uh, what, five years later, six years later, they spiked. And the, in the late, uh, yeah, in the late 2010s, what, 2018? Yeah, they kind of spiked. So it really happened. Same thing with PS2. Folks, PS2 is going to go up. Right now is a good time. It's still a good time. You still can get PS2, although it's going up. PS1, definitely on the rise. And right now, folks, hey, uh, 10 years ago, you could have got GameCube games for nothing. And now GameCube are fucking going through the roof. You know, GameCube is crazy. So if you're a, a collector of GameCube, 
you're going to pay out the ass right now. It's just very, very high market. Same thing with Sega CD. That's crazy, Cameron. No, I had no idea. I'll have to ask Steph if she's even seen any of that. She has the, uh, she, I think she has, I don't know, four or five. We, we don't have a big collection of Sega CD. She has a Sega CD that's broke, in fact. We need to get it repaired. I don't think it powers on. That might even be something I could fix. It might be a fuse. I don't know. I'll have to look at it. But yeah, she has a Sega CD and some games. And I think I have a couple as well. I think I have Rebel Assault and a few others. Um, just to collect, just to have, because I really like them. I think she's got... Does she have Night Trap? I don't know if she has Night Trap or not. I know we we bought it on Wii, or on Switch. But uh, I don't know if she has. She's got some cool games. She loved her little she loved her little Sega CD. It's a, it's a cool console for sure. But uh, yeah, Cameron... Yeah, thanks for the thanks for the the Cameron double. That's the Cameron double call right there. Appreciate you, bud. Hey, and I hope you feel better. I hope you've overcome your your cold there. Definitely, definitely don't want a cold going around at this at this uh, this juncture at this point. So, hope your voice gets better, and uh, you are on the recovery. All right, we got one more voicemail here. Let's take it. Thanks for the call, everyone. This is great. Hey, Jason, what's going on? My name's Sour. Um, I just want to say absolutely love the podcast. I listen to it every morning on my morning walk. Nice. Thank you. Um, here's my question for the show. Uh, with the whole crazy coronavirus thing going on and, you know, the Switch selling the way it is and Animal Crossing and things like that. Crazy, yeah. Do you ever think the Switch is going to get as big as the Wii? I mean, I saw the Wii in, like, old people's homes oh, yeah. because of Wii Sports. Do you think it's ever going to become as big as that? Um, do you ever think they're going to try to reach that market like they did with the Wii? Um, anyways, great show. Keep up the good work. Thanks so much. Bye. Sour, my man. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Great question. Great discussion. We could actually have a whole conversation on this. In fact, you know what I want to know? Now you're going to get me going here. Let me open up another tab. Let me look here. I want to get figures before I talk about this. Um, how many units... Has the Wii sold? Let's go up and open another tab. Hold on here. So I have my notes because this is actually, I'm really actually interested how many, we just talked about it actually. Units has the Switch sold. I should have it memorized. I just fucking reported on it. Okay. So, uh, but, 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 uh, system has sold. Okay. The Switch has sold currently. 61.9 million units. Um, yeah, that's worldwide. 61. So let's just round up. Let's round up. 62 million units the Switch has sold. The Wii. Wii has sold 101.6. Let's round up. 102 million 102 million units worldwide. Uh, however, the Wii mini sales from April 2016 to 2017 have never been confirmed by Nintendo. So they, they weren't even fucking counting the sales on the Wii mini. Remember, that was exclusive, I think, to Canada for a while, and then it opened up worldwide. So we're at 62 million on the Switch. It's been out for three years. And the Wii was 102 million worldwide, and it was out... When was the last, I mean, when was the last Wii game made? What was the lifespan of that? 2012? I'm not very smart at math, but there you go. So it was, it was there about six years. Let's just say seven years. You know, they took the online servers off recently, but still, you know, full support. Uh, stopped maybe, uh, you know, 
seven years later. So is it going to surpass that? I honestly, I, okay. So your question is actually, your question has a lot of parts to it because I have my, my thoughts are going to a few different places. One, you were asking is, are they going to go for that market? You're talking about being in old, like um, nursing homes and, and grandparents homes and, 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 and people of limited mobility that was a great market that they went over, went after for Wii because of their motion control, because of their great, great, great motion control and their killer app, the most, the greatest game ever fucking made on Wii, and that's Wii Sports. You know it, I know it, 100%. That's my favorite game on Wii. I love it. I could play fucking golf and bowling all day long. Now, that was a magical moment. That was really, really cool. They embraced the motion control with 100% backing. They they went in hard on that. So your question is, do you think the Switch is going to go after that market? Do you think Nintendo is going to go after that market with Switch? My answer, no. I don't think so. Why? Because they are not embracing the same thing. They are not embracing motion control really at all on Switch Sour, you know they have great motion control on the Switch. I mean, it's there. Do you know how many fucking great light gun games they could come out? They could do the same light gun games they released on Wii. House of the Dead, uh, um, Ghost Squad, LA Machine Guns, Area 51, all these great light gun games they could release on Switch and then some. They could create, they could port so many arcade games, like on games, and you could use the Joy-Con for a great pointer. It's, in fact, way more accurate and responsive than a Wii Remote, even with Wii Motion Plus, I would say. Now you have to hold the dinky Joy-Con be annoying with that, but maybe make a little apparatus gun or a little plastic gun you slide it in like the Wii had, and it'd be awesome. Okay, I'm getting, I'm getting distracted because I feel like it's a missed opportunity again on their part. They, they really got to get their, their act together for that. So no, I don't think they're going to go for the same market. You're not going to see Switch consoles in um, nursing homes. You're not going to. You're just not going to. It's 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 a different it's a different animal entirely. They're not going to want to go like, dude. Can you imagine trying to um, figure out? They're going to have to try to figure out how to dock. We we enjoy. Uh, I'm getting all these fucking things confused. Can you imagine having like you're in a nursing home and the caretakers are there and they're trying to figure out how to like dock the Joy-Con, but then also plug in like dock the the switch under the thing. And I know it's it's actually pretty easy and not very complicated. But if you're in this environment where you like you don't own one or you don't have kids that have one or you're not really familiar with it, how in the, like it's, how do you get that to work? The Wii was magical. They just made it work. You just pick up a controller, aim at your TV, hit any button. And it syncs up and it works. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, how do you play this game? Well, you just bowl. You don't even have to explain it to anyone. You just say, just, just hold this button and then bowl like you normally would. And it's easy. The switch, although it's very, it's very easy. It doesn't have that same magic behind it to appeal to that audience. I don't think it's just my opinion. Please tell me if you think I'm wrong. I just don't think it will. I don't think it will. And I don't think we'll see them in nursing homes. I don't think we'll see them. And um, uh, I don't think your grandparents are going to have it. I was going to say the elderly. I don't think the elderly is going to have them. I don't think it's going to be, I don't think grandma and grandpa are going to be uh, playing um, uh, Super Mario Party. I don't think they're going to be playing um, 
Tiger Woods golf or whatever the new golf, you know, I, I don't think it's going to happen. It's just not, doesn't have that same magic. And are they going to outsell the Wii? You bet your ass. You bet your ass. They're already over halfway to doing it. They've only been out three years. Bro, think about it. If they do it again, if they do what they just did the first three years of being out in the next three years, which is the longevity of the Switch, and if they introduce new Switches, right? New updated ones, 4K Switch, 120 hertz Switch, I don't know, upgraded Switch, whatever it will be. Yeah, man, you bet your ass. You bet your ass. So, yeah, and I, and Sour, let me tell you. I mean, you know, if you listen to the show, the Wii is one of my favorite consoles really of all time. I fucking love the Wii. It's amazing. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Love it in all of its shovelware too. Love it. I love to collect shovelware. I don't have, I mean, I don't have every game for, for, for Wii and I'm not going for a complete collection, but I do love a good shovelware game, especially racing. I love the shovelware racing game. So if you know of any great shovelware racing game, please run it by me. Call me and tell me, let me look it up. And see if I have it, because I would love to talk about it. <laughs> so good. Well, I'm glad you listened on your walk. I hope it makes uh, your walk a little bit better. And uh, yeah, appreciate the call, everyone. 503-908-5490 is the phone number. Give me a call. Say hi. Let's chat. Let's hang out. Um, Heinehouse.com is the website. Um, and I think what I'll say lastly before we go here is um, I wanted to mention this, but I'll save it to the very end because I, I, I feel like I've, I've talked about it many, many times before. But folks, it is real. It's official. The game that I produce a soundtrack for, Hot Shot Racing, is... I, I have actually some really big news here, so I would love for you to take part in this. Hot Shot Racing is coming out in a few days. September 10th, 2020. It's being released. Xbox One, PS4, Switch, and PC. It is being released. It's fantastic. My soundtrack, I spent last I spent last weekend putting it in the release pipeline. It is currently being submitted to Apple Music, Spotify. I have a YouTube playlist with all the music in there. It is going to Tidal. It's going to Amazon. It's going everywhere. Wherever you listen to music digitally, it's going there. It's going to be there. And I encourage all of you to please take a minute, listen to the music. Please listen to the handcrafted music that me and the Heine House hit team, we put together, oh my gosh, we put together some incredible music. John Haig, Mike Turner, Lucas Walters, Ben Marcus Allen, and Eric Ladd. We all came together as a collaborative unit and put together some amazing music for this game. It's handcrafted. It's built specifically for this game, and I'm so proud of it. Some of the This is the most proud I am of anything I've ever done musically, especially for a video game. You have to check it out. I cannot wait for you to check it out. As such... Uh, I'm going to upload this podcast like as soon as I can today because tomorrow morning, Friday, September 4th at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time from 8 to 10 a.m., I'm doing a hot shot gameplay reveal online multiplayer session with the devs, with the publisher, with Lucky Mountain Games. I'm going to be hanging out with Trev. We're going to be playing games and also Curve Digital is going to be in there too. We're going to be online doing races and we're going to be showing everyone the official game because it's coming out and you know, just a few days here. So it's coming out twitch.tv slash the Heine house. Please come on by mark your calendars. I know it's going to be early. If you're here um, on, on the West coast, I know it's early. It's going to be early for me too, but it's worth it. I promise you come by, say hi, show some love, come out and uh, represent and let's get shit going. Oh, and by the way, 
don't tell everyone, but I'm going to have a bunch of game keys to give away. You're going to want to be in the stream if you want one. I'm just saying, I can't give them to everyone, but if you come through and you've been a, a member in the community and you really like the game and you're showing love and support, you're engaging in Discord, you're coming through on social media, like you're taking part, you're showing love, I recognize that. And I will, I will give out some keys to some people, all right? So come on by. Don't hesitate. Twitch.tv slash The Heine House, Friday, September 4th, 8 p.m. Or 8 a.m. Did I say p.m.? I hope I didn't. 8 a.m. It's going to be early. 8 a.m. Pacific. That's 11 o'clock Eastern, right? Yeah. Okay, that's it. That's the show, folks. I love you so much. Thank you for the love and encouragement and support you guys have been. Oh, I feel so good. I actually, I actually... I spent a whole day being pissed off and upset and frustrated and, and just, just mad at everything. And I have, I feel so much better today. I feel so good. And it's, it's because of you all. It's because of you all for taking part, being here for me, calling on the hotline, hit me up on, on social media, texting me, calling me, telling me that you got my back. Well, you know what? I got your back too. All right. I love you so much. Thank you for your support. Thanks for being here. I'll see you on the next episode. Oh, and if you could, I, I don't mention it enough. And, and so I need to mention it. If you could, if you like the show at all, please, please consider giving it a review on whatever podcast app uh, or platform you listen on. Apple Music or if you're on Spotify. Can you do it on Spotify? I don't know. But please give it a review. That definitely helps with me getting um, trending in there a bit. So I would really, really appreciate that. I put a lot of time, effort into the show. And if you like it, I would love to uh, uh, to have you review it, if you would, please. I want to send a special shout-out to all the patrons you see right here. In the ground floor, main floor, in the game, Lofters, Brandon, and George, Aaron, Luke, Justin, and all of the amazing support on the main floor and ground floor. You guys are amazing. Patreon.com slash Jason Heine. You all right here are keeping the show alive. The show is funded directly by your support. I appreciate you so, so much. All right, y'all. Have a wonderful day. We'll catch you on the next episode. Bye now.